Hello and welcome to the Ted Jones World cooking episode with Sarah Frost. And today will be a very hopefully successful experiment we have going. You guys are checking, checking this out on Zoom, on YouTube, hopefully. Uh, I'm really not much of a cooker, just so you guys know, but luckily we do have a professional chef here with me, Sarah Frost. Sarah, how are you? I feel like I haven't seen you in years since, yeah, since yeah. When, when, when we met on the bus. We met on the bus. We met on the jitney, and I was trying to think about it earlier today. I'm like, when in my life was that? And I think, like 2012, I want to say, like right before. Something like that. I feel like you had just graduated. Okay. And you were playing tennis, and like that was going to be your thing. Right, right, right. Okay, so I, this was like a brief time when I was playing on the UConn tennis team for like two and a half That's years. That's what it was, and you there were you stoked go. about it. Like I remember I was with Raph, and we are like, oh my God, like because of your sister, and Chloe's your sister or your cousin? Chloe is my sister. Okay, so Matthew and Chloe, my brother and your sister, are like homies. Yeah. And, so, and, now, and now look, it's, it's going for um, full circle. Very full circle. This is actually like a very, it's a cute little moment. I know. I'm, I'm really very excited uh, to start this. And thank you so much for doing this, Sarah. So I guess while, right before we get started, yeah. just give a quick bio on you and, you know, what you've been doing in LA. And I know you have like a cooking book coming out. Go ahead. I do. I have an ebook coming out. Eventually I have a real cookbook. We're going to try to do a print version at some point, but... The long and short of it is I've been out in LA for about three and a half years. Um, came out here to do one thing and found myself doing another, uh, you know, six months in or a year in. Um, and have been doing private chefing and catering and event planning for about two and a half years now and truly love it. But during, you know, quarantine and I was like, I don't really know if I'm going to have a job anymore. This is like a May. So I was like, okay how can I pivot and, you know, just keep getting out there? And so I, my mom was like, why don't you teach cooking classes online? I was like, no one's going to go for that. Right. They, well, uh, I mean, what I, we're going for right now. So are you loving, are you loving LA or what? Love LA. Look at this cute little, this is like in my kitchen. What? Tr- oh my God. Honestly, it's so different to, you can tell, you know, when you're in LA versus being in New York, just cause like New York, I guess in like your regular apartment, there are way less windows especially where i am right now at the studio and no windows huh? <laughs> yeah or or no windows <laughs> but they but they expose but the exposed brick you know um works as well so sarah um before we get started with a number yeah. of questions that i have yeah. for you oh i i I, for, I made the the simple syrup i think show me it. Uh, let's let's compare notes on this first of all just grab a little tasting spoon and just get in there and little give it a little try okay yeah? so so if you guys are taking a look yes, at this sir. on on zoom and hopefully not just listening to this on spotify or apple podcast <laughs> i i'm i'm not much of a cook or a drink make mixologist as i said but i, I made simple syrup here so it's let's see how it is a spiced simple syrup with cinnamon oh, okay. darny let's both try it just take a little sip though because it's very intense I, th- I think it's good. It's a little sweet, right? Because, okay, yes. simple syrup is really just equal parts water and sugar. I like to do it a little bit more watery and a little bit less sugary because unless it's like your, your mouth is going to fall off. But, and then simple syrup is using a ton of cocktails. Um, I don't like a big sugary cocktail. So I think that like doing something like this, first of all, the whole thing smells like Christmas. Like it really doesn't get better than that. It's just yeah, starting. My, my whole apartment smells like Christmas. Exactly. 
yeah. And the best thing about this is you can keep this. Like I always just chuck a mason jar of whatever, you know, seasonal simple syrups in the back of my fridge and it'll keep for like a month. So you can like make cocktails all month long, or you can like put a little bit of on your oatmeal, something like that. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So what, what's my, what's my first step here? Okay. So we're going to make a cinnamon bourbon flip and we're going to get real fancy with it and add an egg white. Well, I don't, I don't, I don't uh, eat egg whites because I'm vegan. You know, we're not going to eat that. We're just going to totally omit it. Don't worry about that. You totally told me that ahead of time. I'm very proud of you for being a vegan, by the way. I tried being vegetarian for like nine years and it went really well, but vegan I could just never do because I love cheese so much. Interesting. Well, also you're like a full chef. So like you have to kind of have everything in your repertoire, right? I got real bullied <laughs> from the professional kitchen I ever worked in. He, I didn't tell like the head chef that I was just veg for short. Cause that's just like, why, why are you here? And probably like two weeks in, I like, it was my first professional job. I'm just totally trying to like, you know, gain her love. And she's like yelling at me from across the kitchen. She's like, can you please try those like turkey, whatever meatballs and just like, let me know what they need. We were like testing a bit. And I was like, mm-hmm. and literally <laughs> had to try it. And that was my first bite of meat in like nearly 10 years. And that and- was it. You were, that was it. Okay. Yeah, it, it took me like a few months to kind of get back on the horse. But once I was back on the horse, it's just like, I, I think I've, today I've eaten like pastrami. I'm not kidding. I've eaten pastrami. I've had a one Italian meatball that I was eating and like some deli turkey. Like that's fuck. <laughs> so you're just having like an array of food. You don't even know what you're going to eat throughout the day. I just graze because I just like eat whatever, like little bits of whatever I'm cooking. But Let's start with the cocktail first. Yeah. Okay. All right. So we're going to get some ice in a shaker or if just a little bit of like a cup for you, because you're going to do a little back and forth action, which is, there's no shame in that. One second. Mic down to get some ice, ice going into glass. Beautiful. Yeah. Maybe some more. Perfect. Clink, clink, gorge. Perfect. No, that's fine. We like that big guy. Keep him in. Yep. There we go. Perfect. Because it's going to melt. Okay. It's going to melt down, which is, I like a little bit of like the crushed ice moment. Okay. Ice. Let's go ahead. You can either, you know, freehand this or get out a little shot class, whatever. There, I also, I want to tell you, um, I, I'm not so much of a drinker. So if I start to slur a little bit, just roll with it. Just roll Listen, with it. I teach classes when I like start on a cocktail. So like, I just <laughs> like really slowly sip. I mean, like ser- like corporate cooking classes. <laughs> like, and they're like, you just got to pace it out. Right. So you got to go super slow on the bourbon. Go light. Okay. You can do a half shot or just like do you. So we're going to put in a shot of bourbon. You can use bourbon, whiskey. Unfortunately, I'm drinking Jameson because that's the only thing in my household right now. Whiskey. Honestly, you can do this with any sort of um, probably not rum, but I would do it with a clear uh, liquor as well. Cool. Is this a big, this is a, like a big goal. Whatever, yo. We'll do it. That's fine. Let's go for it. Okay. All right, next we're going to go in with our simple syrup. So we tried it before. I always tell people, like, really, really try if you make a simple syrup because every batch is going to be different and you like, it could be crazy sweet. That being said, how much do you think it's pretty sweet or not? I think it's good. M- mine, is, mine is pretty sweet, but it's good. Okay, so let's put in equal parts of the simple syrup. Maybe a little bit less for you because you didn't really measure it. That's totally fine. <laughs> it's like a little, like, do you, have a me- do you have any measuring cups? I do. The, I do. Yeah, so great. Perfect. Oh, so the, is, that a, is that a half or a full? This is 128 grams. 
Does it say? I can't do gram measurements. In my head. I, I looked it up before, and this is a full cup. Oh, great. Okay, so let's put a quarter cup. Just like dip it in, like ladle it into your simple syrup. Yep, ladle it in and just like get out like a little bit. Love it. Perfect. Yeah, like I'm going to put in like that much. Okay. Cool. Let's put that straight in. So this is going to add our like very festive scents. We have star anise, which is like looks, you know what star anise looks like? Let me show you. You know what? I actually, I got the drops for it and you were oh, telling me fine. to put, right, right, right. That's just like really concentrated. Yeah. But so I didn't put in too much. It's just like, it's really pretty. It's like almost like a clove and it smells like licorice. All right. So we put that in. Next, we're going to go ahead with our orange. You grab an orange. Amazing. Mic down, cut that in half, in half with your new knife. Oh, yeah. By the way, I just bought, I bought a new knife just for this episode. Sarah knows. Oh, yeah. Me, I said, do I need a knife? And I said, yes, you do. Right, well, you know, I'm a beginner here. <laughs> other way, other way. That's fine. But next time, cut it through the top and the bottom. So with, <laughs> that's fine. Don't worry. I'm, al- so, I'm already messing up here. Okay. It's just easier to juice an orange if you cut it like crosswise. So see the top and the bottom? Yeah. So you always want to cut citrus or really anything kind of crosswise because all of the, that, that's gorgeous. Okay. Gorgeous. We love that. Right. Okay, so now we're going to just squeeze that directly in. Of course you could use, you know, store-bought orange juice, but nothing better than the disgust. Boom right into our drink. We love it. Okay. And there's really no good alternative for eggs in cocktails. There's an amazing alternative for egg, um, just generally for baking and cooking. It's flax. Have you heard of like a flax egg? Like just a flaxseed? Like flaxseed. So ground flaxseed mixed with like uh, you know, one tablespoon of flaxseed to two tablespoons of water. Can I see, can I see if I have that in my refrigerator? You don't want it in your drink though, for sure not. Oh, okay. Never mind. That tastes real dusty. We don't want that. <laughs> okay. So do I need to be putting the entire orange in, you think? No, I think you're good. Just, just, we want a little citrusy, right? We have like those warmer notes of the cinnamon and the star anise and the bourbon. Now we want to like give it a little bit of a pop with the orange and the citrus. Okay, cool. So we're not doing with the egg white. That's totally fine. Let's give this a good old shake. Mic down. Oh, you're just going to go back. Perfect. Beautiful. And what a nice color that is too, right? Okay. I'm going to serve this. Actually, I like this. I'm going to serve it in this one. I've gotten very, very into colored glassware recently. Beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah, this one looks better. Okay. That looks gorgeous. Yeah. Try it. Oh my gosh. It tastes like a restaurant drink. Yes. All right. Perfect. Like to hear. And that's really the simple syrup. So like, you know how to make a simple syrup now. It is equal I, parts sugar and water. I'm just going to be using this for the next year. For the next month. Yeah. I mean, honestly, you can, you can probably keep it for like two months. Okay, cheers. Cheers. cheers all right. Happy holidays. You made Happy first- holidays. Mm-hmm. A little dash of cinnamon on top. 
would be like really nice just to kind of jazz it up, give it a little garnish. Okay, let's do that. I got some here. Yeah, just a little dash, dash, boom. So the egg white, like the only thing that's really adding is kind of like that, that frothiness. When you add an egg white, not to talk, talk it up too much, but it adds like almost like a little bit of an eggnoggy situation. It's like a little bit of a creaminess because you shake that egg white. Um, but that's it. We won't miss it. Okay. All right. Perfect. All right. So we got our cocktail done and I love that you're vegan. So we camp with a little bit of a vegan moment for today, um, which is going to be the butternut squash Alfredo using a true butternut squash to make an Alfredo sauce with coconut milk, coconut cream. That sounds intimidating. I'm not going to lie, but you're here. So I'm confident. Really, really, really not. Okay. First of all, it's all going to happen in one pot besides the pasta. Okay. So boom. You're real. And you got a Vitamix on your counter. What do you, what do you mean you don't cook? You just make a lot of smoothies? Oh yeah. You can see, well, it's a Nutribullet over there. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, you're right. I don't, I don't cook though. I really, I really don't cook so much. That's totally fine. That's totally fine. Okay. But oh. let's get started. Go ahead. So we are going to cut our butternut squash in half. From this way? Yep, which is crosswise. One second. I feel like we got to figure out a better way for you to get. <laughs> okay, so I want you to put a little more pressure on t- toward the top. Yep. So if you think about like, look at the way I'm holding my knife. I'm really choking up on the blade. So just for those of you who are just listening, my grip is pretty much on like the, the highest part of the handle. That way my, I'm using more of my wrist muscle, my actual like forearm to dig in there. Exactly. And I love that you're twisting the butternut squash. That's very ingenious. That's smart. Yep. He's rolling the butternut squash, trying to get into it. There you go. Success. 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 That was awesome. Step one. Amazing. Next, we're going to fill up a pot of water because we're going to make pasta. Easy. This could be a total ASMR. (laughs) (laughs) I know. Wait, is this a good pot? Yeah, that's a great pot. And Sarah, check it out, pot yeah. head. Did you also buy oh that? Yeah, I got it. But wait, look at it. <laughs> I'm going to one-up you. Oh, my gosh. That's amazing. So Sarah has a cup that says pot head, and I just put a pot on my head. Either way. I have way. to contextualize this. I may <laughs> smoke a lot of weed, but I also drink a lot of coffee. And the coffee cup has a big coffee carafe on it what are these called coffee mug big old mug all right so we're gonna fill up a pot of water you've made pasta in your house don't lie to me yes okay great you have that pot that's doing wonders we're gonna need either a pot another pot or something called a stock pan or a stock pot it's a pan with a lip Honestly, no, that's, that's not going to work. That has zero lip. How about the one that has your simple syrup? Yeah. What about it? We're going to use that one. So I wanted you to just dump the simple syrup into like a bowl for the moan. Okay. One second. Amazing. Ladies and gentlemen, he is ladling the simple syrup into the bowl. Perfect. Perfect. Do you have any, any uh, pan that's a little bigger than that? If not, that's totally fine. 
You know what? Let me let me check. A, a, a pot that's a little bit bigger than this? Correct. But I don't know if I do. We want that. We want the lip because we want but pretty much we're going to be building our sauce in this pot. We're going to be making, you know, cooking down. Perfect. We love that. That's perfect. Eee, great. Yeah, perfect, perfect, perfect. That's exactly what we want. All right, but in the meantime, we always want to be saving ourselves a little bit of time. We want to be efficient cooks in the kitchen, right? So we're going to get that pasta water going. So just turn it up. We want that to be boiling. Do I, do I, now, do I need the tray thing that I had showed you before? No, no. Yeah, that's, that's more of like a griddle that I would use that pretty much only for pancakes. And vegan bacon. And vegan bacon. What kind of bacon do you like? What kind of brand of vegan bacon do you like? Um, I have some in my refrigerator oh. that I can tell you. Um, Is it the seitan? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uptown yeah. Naturals. I love that stuff. So really I eat like the seitan and bacon from them. I love it. So good. It's so smoky and like sweet. Yeah, I really like it. Okay, beautiful. So I'm turning turning on the pasta here. You're turning on pasta water to a high. We're just going to get that boiling. Okay, excellent. But we're going to work on our butternut squash. So the idea here is that we're going to be cubing the butternut squash, cooking it down with some onion, and then giving it a little love with some coconut, cream, which is going to add that sort of like deep creaminess. Cause obviously it's not like a true Alfredo, which has a lot of like butter and stuff going on. And then that's all going to cook down and that's going to become our sauce. So we're essentially eating our vegetables in our sauce on our pasta. Nice. Okay. Yep. Let's get started. Okay. Let's do it. Okay. We're going to, you've, you've already done it. You've cut the butternut squash in half. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Here is we always want to be working with a flat working surface because if you were to go like this, that's a little dangeroso, right? If we're going to be peeling this back. Right. It might require two hands. Okay. Amazing. So take your vegetable peeler. Yeah, we're going to actually, we're going to work with the vegetable peeler first. He's putting down the knife, picking up the new vegetable peeler, taking off the safety guard. Give it a good rinse. You're hosting, Sarah. I love it. Okay, go ahead. Um, and we're just going to peel it. Down. So yeah, hold it. And then we're pretty much just want to angle it and peel all this tough skin off. Yeah. And then you can kind of give it like a little bit of an angle. See how mine's kind of at an angle right here. So that when I like peel back, go like that. So squash. Yeah. Perfect. Squash is obviously, um, a very hearty vegetable. So it has, a bunch of layers of skin that are completely waxy and inedible. Um, it's in the same family as the pumpkin. You know, I actually, I just removed my microphone, everyone, just so, just so it's easier for us to talk. Yeah, exactly. I would just be talking for the next 30 minutes. <laughs> okay. I'm struggling here, but I'll keep it up. So you're doing well. So yeah, I want you to keep peeling back. Um, yeah, perfect. And I want you to get to the layer that's like a deep, orange okay but you're doing great all right so sarah i guess while i'm while i'm peeling this i'll ask some of my questions that i have you that i had for you so you were talking about initially how you were vegetarian and then you got really into cooking and i guess you kind of had to switch your mindset or something is there anything that you like avoid cooking or won't cook no you know i think well even before that like i 
turned vegetarian when I was a sophomore in high school because I, I don't know, we just like were studying something in bio and they like showed us a few movies and then I went down like a deep three month long rabbit hole of just like learning way too much information about the way our meat is produced in this country. Right. Um, and so it was kind of like for health reasons, but also just for more like peace of mind. Um, and then once I got my hands back on it, the chef that actually was my like initial mentor, he was super about like, listen, if you're gonna cook a pig, you better know every single part of that pig, where that pig generally came from, how pigs are generally killed in the States and just have like a deep appreciation for the animal. And that kind of just flipped everything on its head. Cause like, first, honestly, like I never really had a, an issue with actual, you know, killing of animals. That's kind of, you know, we've been doing that for thousands and thousands and thousands of years, but it's more the way that it was done. So just like, taking the time to learning, you know, learning the anatomy of, of animals and what an actual different cuts of, of, of meat are, um, especially like a cow, it just gave me like a greater appreciation for it. So there's nothing I won't cook. It's actually more like, I can't wait to like cook all the animal parts one day, like, you know, just to kind of get my hands on it and just give it, give it the appreciation that it deserves, I guess. Now, question, this is a side yeah. note, it has to do with the cooking. Is there such thing as like a more ripe kind of squash or no? Yeah, yeah. So they pretty much, but they'll, they'll only sell mature uh, squashes at, at the market. Um, the thing about squash is it's grown above ground. It's kind of like, like, you've seen how like a pumpkin patch that kind of like grows in this weird vine very close to the earth. Yeah. So it's, it matures over a very long period of time. So they don't really bring it to market until it's totally ready to go. Are you thinking that yours is a little bit more pale than it could be? I, I feel that it, it, it seems like difficult to, to peel. In my That's opinion. totally fine. As long as you get off like this really waxy layer, um, then you're good. Cause we're going to cook it all down anyway. If you were just like roasting this, I might have you go a little bit further, but that's fine. And honestly, for today, you might just use that half that you're working on right now. That's what I, honestly, Sarah, I was, I was freaking yeah, out yeah, yeah. about yeah. how long it's going to take me to do the other one. <laughs> I did choose a pretty labor intensive. <laughs> you did. I'm sweating. <laughs> okay. So I, I'm almost done. So how do I, how do I move forward here? So we're going to finish that up and then we're going to grab our new knife. Yes. And before you do that, I want you to clear off your cutting board because let's get all of those shreds into like a bowl or the trash okay. or to compost, which I doubt you do. <laughs> it would go in there. Okay. So let's put this in the trash. Cool. Let's put that in the trash. We would work with a clean workspace, right? Clear mind, clear workspace. Boom. That's going to go all into the trash. Love it. That's like why I started making my bed. Exactly. Exactly. Clean bed, clean life. Exactly. Exactly. How are you gonna how are you gonna change the world if you don't make your bed, Sarah for us? Boom, boom. Uh, yeah, so we're gonna start by cubing this up. And then we'll I know you're very excited about learning how to properly cut an onion. Okay, what do you mean about cubing this up? What do you what does that All mean? Right. So take your guy and we're gonna put it on a flat on the flat side, right? Cool. Actually I need you to trim off the bottom first. See this little the root end? So I'm just going to take and literally trim off that. Great. Perfect. 
Give it a little more pressure. Yeah, there we go. Perfect. Boom. Great. So now we're going to, is that your, is that the top of your butternut squash or the bottom? I, I just. Top. Top. Cool. That's great. Because the bottom has most of the seeds. See how mine. Oh. And the top part is what you are using. Usually it doesn't, which is great because that's we're saving us some work here. So let's, we're going to cut it in half. We always kind of want to be making everything easier for ourselves, right? Yeah. So want to cut it in half. Yeah. So it, give it more pressure this way. You're like really, you're, you're kind of, you're going more like this. Like you're putting a lot of pressure on the back end. I want you to dig it more in. Oh, okay. Cooking is no joke. Like I pretty much stopped working out during quarantine. <laughs> Seriously. Um, beautiful. So that's step one. Yeah. Cool. Now we're going to cut all of those in half again. And the end result is just cubes, little cubes. We kind of want to get them down to the size of so. Okay. <laughs> listen have you just been ordering in during during the queue i mean to be honest i have been but like my meals my meals also when i do cook are like yeah. way, are way simpler you know well listen this is you know you're here to expand the mind absolutely this is great practice <laughs> you're doing great exactly perfect and if, you, if yeah, if you don't get them down super tiny, that's totally fine. Okay. Go go get a little bit closer to your product. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> we can still see it perfectly. That's good. That's good. Perfect. Perfect. Woo! And that's a new sharp knife, so be be, be real careful with that. Yes. Perfect. And so the idea is, you really want to just get them all down to be like a similar size because. Think about it. If you like have one that's twice or three times as big as another cube, that's going to take three times as long to cook. So you're going to end up with kind of an uneven chunks. Right. We don't want right. an uneven right. chunks. It kind of looks like cheddar cheese. It does look like cheddar cheese. It's a very bright orange, which is why I think it's, you know, very just presentationally nice for a, uh, a sauce because it's going to kind of emulate that cheesiness. And then we're also going to be adding in nutritional yeast, which yes. have, have you worked with that before as a vegan? No. So it's going to become your best friend because it literally is, um, it's part, it's like it's kind of leftover yeast from like brewer's yeast. Yeah. Um, and we'll give it a good sniff later and it tastes very cheesy. Okay. Yeah. It smells and tastes very cheesy. So it's kind of a vegan's delight. Because you kind of are going to get that cheesiness with so, these. How do I, are you, can you see this from right here? Yeah, that's great. Because still get them to be literally the same size. Boom. So, Sarah, when did you like start cooking for real? Was there like somebody in your family that like was teaching you at the beginning? You know what? So I think I just come from a family of like, there's so many good home cooks. My family, like between my mom, all of my aunts all of my, pretty much all the men in my family besides my dad. Um, and really, you know, looking back on it, I'm like, damn, I was surrounded by not only living in New York City and just being exposed to different 
types of food since I've been a baby, but just really grew up in a family of like, everyone was a really good home cook. Um, and then honestly, when I became vegetarian, I started, my mom was like, you know, that's cool. Like you're old enough, you're 16, you make that choice on your own, but like, there's no way in hell I'm cooking two dinners every night. So figure the fuck out. And that's when I started cooking for myself, like every single night, carried it on through college. Um, and I think it was just kind of one of those things where I had my blinders on to like what I was doing for so many years um, that I just never really considered it as something I would actually end up doing. Um, now, then, did, you yeah. take, uh, did you take cooking classes in college or was it like kind of like a post-grad thing? Yeah, I, I got my BFA in acting um, at Michigan and which is just like such an intense, you know, schedule. So honestly, like it would kind of be like my respite, like my like, you know, point of meditation in between like class and the late night rehearsal, going home and cooking for an hour, just like being completely by myself, focusing on one thing. It was like my complete happy space. Um, and I never really acknowledged it as, as that. Um, and then when I came out to LA, you know, I was doing acting, was pretty well set for that, but just found myself cooking more and more and more and more. Um, yeah, we're going to chuck that straight into that pot. Great. Perfect. Um, and then just one thing led to the next and here we are. Great. So, okay. Go. Yeah. So what do I do with this squat? Right into the pot, not the pot with the water, but the other pot that we chose out the good one. And there's no heat on this yet. We're literally just going to put this in and then we're going to pop that heat on. But the heat is going to go on it just by itself in the pot. Yeah, we're going to get that going, and then we're going to add a little bit of olive oil and give it some other love with some more seasoning. But let's get that. So put, put it on like a medium heat once you all get it in that pot. With no olive oil, though? We're going to add the olive oil right now. Yeah, so you can, you can go ahead and turn on the heat before you add the olive oil because it's a really hearty situation. And kind of just like swirl in a good amount, about like a tablespoon. I'll watch you. I'll watch you. Go. Go for it. Go for it. Go. For it. Go. Keep going. Boom. I can barely, it's a very slow drip. No, I was just thinking that. Okay. <laughs> I think it, I think it looks like uh, slippery enough. Yeah, that's great. So that's what we're going for. We're going for a slippery squash. Okay. Gorgeous. So give it a good toss. Like grab either, do you have a cooking utensil? Do you have like a little, like a wooden spoon? Boom, he has it. Amazing, amazing, amazing. Okay. So just toss that about, just so it's all kind of generally coated and looking shiny. Now, are, then, you, are you okay with me using the same pot that I cooked the simple syrup in? Did you just put the squash in that? That's fine. Yeah. Okay. Woo! I'm because it's in this string. It's very strong. Actually, yours was real strong though. <laughs> it's so good though. Yeah, so I'm fine with that because only thing we're going to be getting a little a tiny bit of sugar on the bottom, which no one's mad about. Okay. Amazing. So do you have a lid for that by any chance? If you don't, not a problem. I want you to add a lid if you have it. No. That's totally fine. If you did have one, the purpose of that would be to kind of steam it. We want to like get it going and, and start, you know. No, what's the, what's the real point of steaming things, if you don't mind me asking? 
So if we were just going to put that on, which we're going to do with no lid and kind of crank the heat, all of the air from this environment, from your kitchen is kind of meddling with that. And it's getting like more of a fanned action. You have like wind circulating around, right? Loosely. When you add a, a pot to it, I mean a lid to it, you're kind of creating a steam that goes this way and it becomes wet steam. So when, as your vegetable is cooking, it's releasing moisture and then that moisture is getting trapped by the lid and the air starts to go like this. So does, like that, mean, does that mean like you're not wasting any flavor when you put a lid on it? Just means that you're like, um, you are getting top and bottom heat instead of just heat from the bottom that's kind of being dissipated into the environment. Was that too food science -y? No, I understood kind of. <laughs> I love like, ha like thinking about how like an oven works and it's just, it's, I don't know. I can well, I, I understand. I, people love to cook. I completely understand. Have you ever watched like binging with Badvish? He like takes food science like to another level. It's nuts. Oh, okay. I'll send you his stuff. He's, he's yeah, fantastic. Please do. Please do. Okay. So what's the next step here? All right, so now we're gonna move, we're gonna let that be, we're gonna let that do its thing. Um, and we're gonna learn how to cut this onion. Okay. You got it, you got it, you got it, you got it, you got it. Now, is there any particular way I need to cut the onion? Yeah, so that's what I'm gonna teach you right now. Just cause it's a fun thing to learn how to do. It's gonna feel awkward in the beginning, but like, again, we're going for a, you know, an even dice across the whole thing so that everything kind of melts down and cooks even. Yeah. Remember how, what we did with the orange, how you did it this way? Well, I did it the wrong way initially. Right. So that was the wrong way. So we want to do it. We want to make a cut through the root end and the top end. So this is the end that goes down into the earth. It grows underground. We're going to cut it like so. I'll do mine first. We're going to cut it through the root end and the top. So not like that. Like that. Oh, like that. Yeah, like that. We like that. Okay. Boom. Whoa! I don't think I've ever cut an onion. Seriously? Yeah, I don't think so. Uh, your first time. Let's use the bigger. Let's use the bigger side. Why not? Yeah, perfect. So we're gonna be doing. We're gonna be slicing this onion because we don't really need it to be diced because the whole thing is gonna be blended up together or kind of cooked down together. Yeah. But I, what I want you to find your root end. The end that has like the hairy bits, right? So the root, it grows in there. Boom, all the roots, perfect. We're going to keep that on. We're going to use that as like an anchor to peel back our skin. So I want you to just kind of trim off the very top of that opposite. So I just took off like a tiny little bit. Take off this part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just trim that so that you can kind of get your fingies in there and we're going to like tear it back. Nice. Sounds sexual. <laughs> Like aggressively sexual. <laughs> okay. Trim it off. Did you trim it? Yes. Perfect. Great. So then see this first layer of skin, how it's like, oh, yours is nice. Great. So then find where like the driest part is, and we're just gonna peel that back. Because that's not edible. I mean I'm sure it's you won't, won't make you sick, but it's pretty nasty. Right. Peeling the onion. Okay. Onions. okay. Boom. That. Yeah. Maybe you can peel back like that second layer. Does it look a little like dried out? A little bit, but it looks yeah, good. Yeah, that's 
Let's get rid of that guy. Cool. Capiche? Then we're going to place our onion again, flat side down. We always wanna work at the flat working surface just for safety. We don't want our product rolling all over the place. Flat side down. And then we're going to cut this way. But I really want you to practice going as thin as you can. Yep. So remember, we're gonna be rolling our blade. See how like, if I'm doing it like here, I don't want you to go like this. I want you to go top, down, top, down. And I don't want you to drag your knife. That's perfect. And I want you to choke up a little bit more on that, on the, your handle. Yeah, so you just feel, I want you to get a little more control over your knife. Perfect. And one last thing before you kill me, move your eye line. See how you're like going like this? You can't see the other side of your blade. So I want you to like, I'm, I am kind of directly over so that I can see both sides of my cut and I can kind of gauge how thin those slices are going to be. <laughs> your, your face. <laughs> you just saw a ghost. I'm, I'm just trying. The thing is like my, like following instructions has never been that great. So I'm really oh, Dude, I am the worst at following instructions, which is why I've had like a really hard time baking. And honestly, writing this cookbook that I've been doing is near torture because I'm like, I don't cook that way. Like, but teaching these classes and writing this cookbook has kind of forced me to do things methodically and follow instructions <laughs> instead of just- how, how many recipes are gonna be in your cookbook? There's about 32. Um, my stupid ass in the beginning of summer was like, I'm totally gonna write, develop and shoot this cookbook by like September, like no problem because I was just in upstate New York with my family and that's an insane thing to say you're going to do because no way in hell. So it's getting done right now. We're in the, like the ninth inning of it, but yeah, I definitely bit off more than I can chew with that. Well, how do, how do we find it? And it'll be out shortly. It'll be out um, for purchase, hopefully on my website. So it's going to be a digital download, like an ebook, um, to start. And then I'm talking to like a few printing houses here in LA. Obviously it's going to be self-published, but it might be on Amazon. We'll see. I'll keep, I'll keep you posted for sure. And the, your web, your website is what? Spooningwithsarah.com. Nice. Perfect. You know? Okay. So I, I kind of went, um, went ahead and started cutting it a little bit more. I don't That's know. So fine. That's so fine. Okay. Do you hear this ASMR going on? Is yours doing that? My squash is making noise and my pasta water is about to be ready. We love that. So we're on the same page. Okay. So let's add our onion into our pot with our butternut squash. Okay. Now, so, is the half of an onion too much sometimes or no? No, that's perfect. Okay. If you're, if you're looking at it and you're like, damn, this looks like a lot, maybe put in like three quarters of it. Okay. Yeah. So put it in the butternut squash. You want to put it in the butternut squash, correct. So Sarah, what's your, what's your favorite dish that you like to cook? Oh gosh. Um, I'd say like more style wise and like taste profile wise. I like anything Mediterranean, super, like I'm huge on seafood and just veg. Like I can just eat seafood and veg seven days a week and be super happy. Um, I like everything briny and salty and pickled and smoked. Like I'm like an intense... I have like a, the flavor sensibilities of like a 95 year old. <laughs> so you, you say like fish, do you like ever make sushi? Yes. Yeah. I actually have been making a lot of sushi for this um, family that I've been working for this fall. Um, like 
three days a week they want some serious serious sushi but it's a lot easier than people think you just have to like really kind of practice i'm just tossing about my onions and my okay i'll, I'll toss these we're tossing it about we're tossing it about Ooh. even the squash looks like it's getting brown too oh good actually i'm gonna have you turn down your heat a little bit if it's browning around the edges because the thing is we want it to cook through all the way we want to cook that squash until we can pierce it through with a fork so here's what we're gonna do we're gonna start by adding in our seasoning yep we're gonna start with salt this is my little salt guy can I just say one thing? I'm yeah. so happy we don't have to cut anything else. Oh, we're done. Yeah, besides some sage, the work here is done. Boom! Nailed okay. it. Salt. So, if you're doing a crank situation, I want you to do it like three or four times. Yep. Amazing. And here's the fun thing about salt. Oh, I, do. I don't know if it's so fun, but... <laughs> Super fun. This is, I'm just like a huge food nerd, dude. Like literally. No, all appreciate it. Please keep up, <laughs> keep up the high energy. I love it. Okay. So salt is not just adding like a saltiness to whatever you're cooking. It does two things, which are major. It pulls water content. It literally pulls moisture out of whatever you're cooking. So think about it. Those little cubes of butternut squash, they're raw, but they're containing a lot of moisture, right? Especially the onion. It's containing a lot of moisture. So the salt through osmosis is pulling out the moisture from the vegetable, causing it to get softer and cook down faster. But it's not going to, I mean, it'll add a saltiness, but it's, if you salt in the beginning stages of something you're cooking, say you're making pasta and you're just doing like onions and garlic and you're going to make a red sauce as one does. Clearly you do that all the time. I have, I, ha I have red sauce in my fridge. There we go. So the way that that was made is you would start, you just want to salt throughout to pull the moisture out so that when you get like a really jammy, nice, soft onion and butter and squash. It also extracts flavor. I can't really tell you the food science of that, but it really, really does. So if you salt as you go, instead of just cranking some salt at the end of whatever you're cooking, that's just adding sodium and salt to the top of it. Huh. But if we start doing it now and we kind of do it throughout in little bits, it's going to make the best food. Okay, question. So... Adding salt before you start really, I guess, eating it uh, is more so of a moisture thing than adding salt itself. Yeah, it's just like, it's part of, it just really, you're going to build flavors on top of each other and like just make it the best it can possibly be instead of just like adding salt towards the very end. Okay, cool. And that's all I got to know about salt. Actually, there's a lot more you can know about salt, but for oh. now. <laughs> it's in the ocean. Yeah. <laughs> so, salt now what salt so now we're going to go in with some garlic did i have you get garlic i have amazing I have so let's do we're going to do like two or three cloves Wait, garlic powder is also great peeled garlic amazing perfect okay. great so bust out like two or three cloves of that do i cut it or put yeah, it we're going to cut it yeah so yeah, take it out of that little container and then just put it on your cutting board and I'm gonna show you a little fun uh, trick. Okay. Um, okay, so comes in a bulb like so. Yours has been peeled, but either way, regardless, that's a nice gorgeous clove. You're gonna take your new fancy knife and you're not, we're not gonna cut it like this primarily. We're actually gonna use the flat side and watch what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna place my knife right over the top of this and just go, bam. 
<laughs> okay. Again, smack it. Yes. Now pick up your knife and look at what you got. You got some smashed garlic. Oh. Largely done for you. So now we're just going to chop it up real fine, which is like super easy. Just kind of run your knife. Yep. Perfect. Yeah. So that's a great way to get out some anger. That's, some, you know, just a great way to save some time. <laughs> Do it all the time. Perfect. Okay. So we're just mincing up this shallot, which is a really fine, it's one of the finest cuts you can do. Now, should I, should I smash another one? I only did one. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Smash like two or three. Isn't it kind of fun to smash it? I did not smash that well. Hold on. It really works. So just give it a good like smack from above. You won't, you won't cut yourself. It's lying flat. There you go. Boom. Okay, okay, good. Now that I wasn't scared and you told me to do it, it was way better. You won't, you can't hurt yourself that way. I'm not making any promises, but you, you, you shouldn't. Right. Perfect. Great. We're going to throw that right in. If it's all nice and chopped up generally, good to go. Garlic going right in. Yeah, so here's another thing with, with that new knife. Use the other side. People are always dragging their knife on their blade. If you want to, like, drag things into something, just flip it over. Oh, so I don't cut the cutting board? Well, so you don't... <laughs> no. <laughs> so you don't dull your knife. Oh, God. Okay. I'm not worried about the cutting board at all. <laughs> so if, you, if you drag your knife, you're just going to, like, just wear it out, and then you have to sharpen it all the time, which no one wants to do. Including okay. you. Including you. We added in that garlic. Let's give it a good toss again, just so everything's nice combined. And we're going to add one more crack of salt because we added in a little bit more. Is it too hot? It might be. It, it kind of was. No, no, no. I think it's good. Okay. So question. Yes. I have, I have low three. I have low two, four, six, eight high. What do you want me to put it at? I would put it at like a four. Okay. A four or a five. Okay. Yeah. It's nice when it has the numbers there. You can kind of see exactly what you're doing. I unfortunately, so I just moved into this place during quarantine and like much bigger space, moved in with my boyfriend, stoked. But this freaking electric stove top. Oh, right. We like nearly almost didn't sign the lease because of this. And it's been totally fine. Obviously, I miss it a lot because like I want some true fire. Yeah. But it's been fine. So do you cook all your meals at home? No. So I cook for a bunch of different families. So I'm a private chef for a bunch of different families. Now I'm cooking at home all the time because I'm mainly just doing meal delivery because of COVID. Um, but yeah, typically I'm just like in people's homes cooking for them, which is like a totally, I mean, I love it, but it is definitely like a very weird position to be in. Cause you're so just like, what, what is life. your, what is your schedule kind of look like Monday through Sunday? Monday through Sunday. This week's weird, but like for the past three months prior to this, I was with one family, uh, five days a week and then doing meal delivery for some older clients on, uh, that day off. So I was working for like two, three families. So um, when you, say, when you say you're like working with a family for like five days a week, are you cooking three meals a day? 
I'm cooking lunch and dinner uh, five days a week. Yeah. And you're in, in, right. And you're in the house for mm -hmm. like from whatever it is, 12 to like six? 10 to like 8.30 or something like that. Wow. I, you know, I go home because the great thing about this um, one family that I was with um, is they were super close to my house. So I was able to like kind of run home for a little break. But yeah, so it's a lot of time on your feet um it's uh, a very physical job like that's something that i just like you know knew but like didn't really fully understand i mean you're literally upright moving pretty much the whole day which is great you know i'm exhausted by the time i go to bed and yeah so what do you think your like five-year plan i guess would be if, if i don't mean i don't mean to sound like your parents but what do you think no, not at all. where do you see yourself in five years no fucking clue and I kind of just stopped. I'm such a fucking planner. Actually, before we continue on, let's, I'm going to talk, but I'm absolutely going to ask you to put the, uh, your veggie stock in. We're going to start adding a little bit of that. We're going give to it, give it a little bit of liquid so it cooks down. Perfect. Great. I'm going to have you put in that whole thing, actually, because I have like a full liter. And that's a little guy, but that's fine. Okay. That's fine. Yeah, perfect. Um, I'm such a planner. But then, like, when I, like, you know, fully switched, I was, like, you know, auditioning and acting and also um, working in some, like, catering kitchens and working for other chefs in 2018 before I, like, fully knew I was, like, going to switch gears. It was scary. I'm like, damn, I've worked for, you know, the past eight plus years on this one thing that, like, you know, everyone in your life is, like, that's what you're doing, right? When, you know, it was a kind of, like, the thing. And then I just made a big switch. And then I just stopped planning after that. I was like, you know, everything's so unpredictable. I have no idea, you know, what opportunities are going to be thrown my way, clearly. Um, so, like, what's the plan in planning stuff? I'm just a big yes person in the past two years, which has really been big. So, um, you know, living in L.A., I'm sure you meet a ton of interesting people. Do you have, I guess, like, celebrity clientele that would potentially make you a little bit more nervous if they're, like, if they have like higher standards for food or anything, or are you just going to everything the same way? I have worked for uh, a handful of celebrities and I've only had like one bad experience. And the guy was just like, kind of like a dick. Besides that, they've all been just like, I don't know. It's, it's a weird thing. I think about it a lot because it's like, when you're a private chef, you're not just like a restaurant chef. You're, you know, being asked to seamlessly go into someone's house and make their life easier, essentially. Right. That being said, it's like you also, you can't be a robot, but some people kind of want you to be a robot. Some people, most people don't. Most people are like, I need you to be a normal person who's like going to fit into the fold of my house. Does that make sense? Yeah. Do you have like, do you have like an assistant with you when you're, when you're, uh, it depends on how big I guess the party is. When I do like events, when I'm not just like someone's, you know, regular chef. Um, yeah, I definitely have a crew of people who I will hire for that. Um, and I love doing that. Like I, you know, did a wedding recently, which was really fun. Um, the most I've done was actually like my own events. They used to like throw these like pop-up dinners, um, here in LA, which became like super, super fun. And like at one point it was the summer of summer of 2018 to the summer of 2019. Um, I threw two dinner parties a month with between like 40 and a hundred people at a time. I remember hearing about these dinner parties. Those were so much fun. And as soon as COVID's over, I really want to get that going again, because 
I don't know. It kind of came to be because I just, again, like started cooking for friends so much when I first moved to LA. Um, and it's hard to meet people in LA. Like I just was kind of like, Oh my God, I'm like going, you know, going out and just every single person I meet would be like a friend, a friend, friend, a friend, a friend, a friend, like someone from the city or something. It just was like, damn, I like really am kind of at that age where I want to like just meet a fucking stranger who is just cool. Um, and so we, these dinner parties just became kind of like an alternative to going out almost. Like a lot of people gravitated to them for, uh, you know, networking, just like a social thing to do because they were really fun. We used to like always, you know, uh, invite an artist to perform, like, uh, you know, join us for dinner in, uh, you know, you come for dinner, invite three friends for free and then just, know, you know, play us some songs in a living room or backyard setting. Um, and that was kind of like the exchange. So it was a really, really, really special year. Um, and, you know, I didn't start to do it, like, you know, to make money at all. But that was kind of like the main thing where I was like, actually, I could probably do this and, you know, make a living out of it. It's intense. Like, I don't, that year was bonkers. <laughs> like, I would probably never do that many again. Um, but to do them like once a month would be so rad. So that's amazing. So it kind of feels like, you maybe before the curve started to figure out that at home dinner parties were the wave. So I don't know how uh, the restrictions are in LA right now where you are, but they just announced that NYC, like indoor dining is done. Yeah. Oh, wait, they did in New York too? Yes. Today? Done. Yes. Shit, I'm coming home next week. <laughs> So, I mean, if you're, if you're comfortable eating outside in the 30 degree weather, um, I don't know, but it's honestly, it's, it's a scary thought to know that all these people who have worked years and years and they, you know, built that, spent $200,000 building out this space and then they have to pay rent and, and it's just a crazy situation. So I guess now that things are changing, do you think that maybe you'll focus on the dinner party side of things now? Well, that's like kind of what we've been playing. I've gotten, you know, first of all, I just want to like, I'm so grateful that I even have a job right now because so many of my friends who are, you know, in my space are restaurant chefs and they really um, are hurting right now. And it's um, tragic and everyone should go sign the restaurant act and donate um, so we can get that through Congress. But um it is definitely going to be, I feel like, you know, one of the main takeaways from quarantine for me is just like, I making my home somewhere where I actually want to be more. And I'm seeing that a lot with my clients too. People love to host, but they like, don't want to do the whole work. Um, LA is incredible for that because everyone has their backyards and we're able to kind of eat outside year round. Um, so I think even after quarantine, people are going to, you know, just be down to entertain at home more. I feel like there's been so many like at home stuff. Um, so absolutely. I would love, love, love to bring back, um, those events. And, you know, people have been just requesting small dinner parties like left and right since, uh, you know, since September. Um, so hopefully that will carry on as soon as we kind of get the green light right now. I'm like on a full pause from taking any in person, anything, um, because it's so bad. And I just like would, it's just not worth it, but we'll see after the holidays. And once, you know, we get all this, everyone gets vaccines and everything, but it's definitely scary for sure. Um, but it, I'm definitely in a, in a good place in the industry because of all that home stuff for sure. So before I ask the next question, is there anything I need to do here? So let's, let's go ahead and put, you know, you're fine in the butternut squash. Um, 
the, we might actually bump the heat a little bit, turn it up to like a seven. Yeah, we're gonna kind of get that to like a low boil. Again, the idea here is we want everything to kind of just like cook down. Um, and then we're gonna chuck it in that blender. In the blender? Yeah. Oh, wow, yeah, okay. Yeah, like a nice creamy sauce. But let's go ahead and add in our pasta to our water. I might need to add actually a little bit more water because mine drink. Yeah, Bond is great. Super great alternative for gluten-free people. I cook with that for a lot of my clients. Are you gluten-free as well or you just want to be a little health? I want to be a little health. I love that. I love that. All right. I'm just... One thing, have you heard about salting your pasta water? Okay. I've, seen, I've seen my sister do it. Amazing. So salting your pasta water is key because we use uh, pasta water in a lot of cooking. We're going to be using a little bit of it um, uh, for this recipe. Because when you cook pasta in water, the water becomes really starchy and essentially is like a really good base and a thickener for a lot of good sauces. But we always want to salt it right when it starts to boil. A lot of people will put it in the beginning. Don't do that. It falls to the bottom. It corrodes your pan. So yeah, go ahead and put a shit ton of salt. Look how much salt I'm about to put into just this. Keep going. You got those tenny forearms, man. Boom. Oh, you see that? There you yeah. go, girl. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's why the episode's on Zoom. Check out the floor. <laughs> I, I think I'm good. I think I'm good with that. You're gonna have the salt. Let's let's go ahead and add our pasta. So also, Sarah, how like what you say that like you go to like chef at a person's house? Like, how does it work money wise? Like, do you like just charge by the hour? Um, that has been something that like I've really been working on for the past year because it's just like I'm just so bad with kind of like standing up for it's hard to put a price on your own work like that that is the most difficult job of the, when i was starting to do this for real um put in about yeah let's do about half of that or if you want to make the whole thing go for it yeah, um yeah, that's a question because that was one of the hardest things i'm like when i was just starting out i was like i have you know, I really wasn't that comfortable asking my like, you know, male mentors like, yo, what do I charge until they were like, you know, I became more comfortable to kind of lean on them. But it is a really competitive industry. So like I had no basis of how to charge. Um, so now there's like a few different systems. I mean, it's usually just like a day rate or if I'm there for like a week, then it'll be a week rate. Um, uh, for meal delivery, it's just like a flat rate plus cost of groceries, obviously for, you know, people pay for their own groceries too. But yeah, that was a really, really tricky thing to figure out. Cause it's kind of like, you know, I am my own company. So and also gotta, it's, yeah, right. And it's also gotta be pretty difficult. Like if you're going to a black tie event, as opposed to like going to chef for a family that you chef. Totally. totally. So it's, and also like, you know, it's, you want to be mindful of like, okay, this person's like a total fucking celebrity. Like I can charge them up the wazoo, but you want to be like respectful and like keep things pretty standard. Like you don't want to be like, so yeah, it's all pretty standard now. Um, but no, I'm, I'm very lucky. I've been able to just get really, it's all been word of mouth, thank God, knock on wood. But it's, you know, I've, I've gotten extremely lucky, honestly. So what's the what's the longest amount of time you spent on one dish? It could have it could be for like four people or whatever. I would say like one time I did a seventy-two hour uh, short rib situation, but that's that's the pig. No, no, no. Short short ribs are uh, uh, it's beef. So, but it's what? Yeah. 
Listen, it's not, it's not a bunch of work for 72 hours. Like you literally chuck it in and then it's kind of like doing its thing. Um, I have, I've smoked meat before. That's definitely the most, uh, yeah, just make sure all the pasta's in. We just want to make sure it's, it's in there. And once it's kind of, if it's like a roaring boil, you can kind of turn it down. Um, smoking meat is epic. It is so much fun. It is so fucking hard. Um, for one of those events where I, I always bite off more than I can chew, but I just, you just have to ask for help when you need it. So I literally decided to have a, one of my like pop-ups and I was like, I'm just going to smoke meat like for the first time. And I was like, I'm going to invite 72 people and I'm going to smoke two salmon fillets. I'm going to do half a pig. I'm going to do two, uh, not half a pig, two pork butts, um, multiple racks of ribs. Like it was wild. And I, that was my first time smoking meat. And I literally, it was nuts. It was so nuts. What the, okay, so that sounds like the longest. What was the most difficult dish? That was the most difficult. That was, that was fucking wild. Yeah, because I literally, when you're smoking meat, like, unless you have, like, a green egg or something, like, you have to be, it's all about controlling the fire. You have to, you know, get your meat in, season your meat, do everything before. Once you get your meat on, you can't really open up that big hutch. Have you seen a smoker before? It's like a big barrel-looking thing. It's like Texas style barbecue. You don't crank it, but you, once it's in, you don't want to open it up. So it's all about maintaining a fire. So there I was like totally by myself, um, at this other chef's house that I like asked if I can use her smoker. I arrived there at five o'clock in the fucking morning by myself, like like, coolers of just like meat, like ready to go. And she was so nice and like woke up at like five 30 to like help me. Cause she was like, you've no idea what you're doing, but it was really fun. You have to like literally calm the fire and make sure the fire is like evenly tempered or whatever the fuck for hours for like five six hours it was nuts so much fun though you mentioned one of the more difficult and time consuming what's the worst dish like what do you hate cooking if if somebody were to ask you for it what would you be like oh there's the um one of my favorite clients that i do meal delivery for for a very long time now she's been delivering to her uh, 95 year old, uh, aunt's house. And so sometimes she'll be like, can you just do this? Cause you know, whatever her 95 year old aunt requested for today, a tuna casserole. Uh, what the- a tuna. I was like, like a real tuna casserole. And then she was like, yeah, she wants a real tuna casserole. I didn't even know you can make tuna in casserole for. It's like a very like 1950s, 1960s. Like my mom used to actually make it for us when we were young, but she would call it loony tuna. And it's literally, she's, it's loony. You literally take a casserole dish and you take a can of, I didn't, yeah, I couldn't get myself to use Campbell's, but like um, some mushroom, like cream of mushroom soup. Take cream of mushroom soup. This requires no cooking. You literally take a casserole dish, you dump in a can of mushroom soup, you add in a can of tuna, like canned tuna, you add in egg noodles, you add in frozen peas and some milk, and you stir that all about and you chuck it in the oven with some butter, and that's a tuna casserole. Fucking hated making that today because it's just like, <laughs> what is it? Like, it's so, it tastes unbelievable, I'm not gonna lie, but like, just knowing like how it all happens is just like kind of tragic. Interesting. So, uh, I, have a, I have a question. I have yes. a question. So, yeah. chickpea pasta, I have noticed and also I've been told that I believe it cooks a little bit faster than regular pasta. Oh, all right. And what do you know, am I wrong? No, it, it foams up a lot. I don't know if it, like, but I haven't found that to be 
True, what's going on? Okay. Um, I found that to be true. It does foam up a lot. So sometimes I'll like skim off that top because that's just like, I don't know, something from the chickpeas happens. Um, but I don't know. I mean, give it a good try. We don't really want it that, um, you know, totally cooked through, just a little al dente, but like this is clearly too al dente. Yes. So Sarah, if, um, if somebody were to talk about your cooking and you had potentially made a dish that you are very comfortable with, yeah. what would you say that you, your, your best dish is? Um, I would say, hmm, I don't know, something I'm like known for is I'll always cook with tahini, like almost hilariously so. Tahini and sumac and lemon and garlic. Do you know what sumac is? I'm going to show you sumac. No. best friend. Is sumac like a little, uh, ch -ch -ch put a little dash on the top or something? Never sumac is spice. Um, it looks like this. It's super red. So honestly, I don't have a good answer to your question. I just always cook with sumac and tahini and lemon and that's... Oh, and like a whole cauliflower. So sumac is this like little red, super bright red. It grows on a bush and it's like very, very lemony. And it actually predates cooking with lemons. So it's ancient as all hell. Um, grows a lot in the Middle East, um, all over Israel, Iraq, that whole larger region. And it grows on like a little shrub on a flower and then the flower is kind of dried out and that's how you get sumac. So it just it also looks really pretty like to just kind of like sprinkle a little bit on top of anything you do because it's not that intense flavor profile but it looks really pretty. Now, how's your squash doing by the way? How's my what? How's your squash doing? My squash looks um, like great. Okay so let's let's do a little test right here. Let's grab a fork Remember I was talking before about we want to see if we can pierce it through with a fork to see if it's like totally cooked. So let's just like kind of go out one of those cubes. Oh! Good? Yeah, I think so. Nice. Yeah, that's perfect. Perfect. Great. So before we put it all into the blender, only thing we put in here is just salt, lemon, I mean, sorry, not even lemon, um, onion, garlic, and salt so far, right? So let's give it a little bit more seasoning before we add in that coconut cream. Um, and the coconut cream is just honestly like a great addition. We don't necessarily need it, but it does add that like nice creaminess. So it's more of like an Alfredo. Great. We're going to use that. But what kind of spices are we working with here? Now, what do you mean? What? Just like what kind of spices do you have in your kitchen? Yeah. You opened up before you had like some garlic powder. That one. Yeah. Garlic powder. Nice. Uh... Onion powder? Cool. Yeah, let's, I actually, I like onion powder. Okay. This, this is my. Oh, you got the, you have a whole, you have a whole cabinet for it. <laughs> I literally, wait, sorry, can I eat this? Yeah, go ahead and eat it. It's hot as shit, but just be careful. Yeah, it's hot. No. So we need like a little bit of like, probably some more salt. Um, but yeah, throw in a few dashes of the onion powder. So when you, when you have like onion powders or garlic powders, anything that's like a dried herb or dried seasoning, yeah, go ahead and just like add in a few dashes. Yeah, you got it. Nice. Nice. Good. 
Cool. Perfect. So it's when it dries out, it gets to like a concentrate. So you, we used like half an onion. That little few dashes is like probably the equivalent, honestly, of like a quarter of an onion almost. So it's, it's a, it gets really, it's a lot more intense. So say you're using sage, we're going to use sage later on. If we were to use dried sage, that would be a lot more potent than the actual sage itself, the fresh sage. Just so you know. Great. Perfect. All right. So we're going, now that our, everything is kind of cooked, we're ready to go. We're not going to add in the coconut cream like in the very beginning. We're going to add it in now because we don't want it to kind of get all like congealed. So let's crack open on that can. I'm going to grab mine. Do you have a can opener? Oh, nice. It's a peel back. Boom. Love that. Hell yeah. All right, wait. Also, Sarah, should I be draining it before I put it in? Great question. Um, I'm going to have to take a look at yours because see how mine's like just, there's bare. Oh, you mean, you mean the coconut? Yeah. No, just give it a good stir. Okay. Even before we add it though, will you just uh, look on the back of that can? I want to make sure that there's no added sugar. And if there is, that's fine, but we, I just want to know. No, well, just the coconut cream. Coconut, sugar, water, but it doesn't say added. Right. Because sometimes they'll sneak in some cane sugar, which will make it like a crazy sweet thing, and that'd be. No cane sugar. Like coconut cream. Yeah. Cool, great. Okay, so let's, we are, when you asked drain, we actually are going to drain out a little bit of the liquid that's in our pot. Because if we were to add that all in, it would kind of just get um, the, the, um, the butternut squash. Pasta pot or the butternut squash? Well, do you think your pasta's done? I don't, I, I believe so, yes. Well, let's, let's drain that first. Okay. And we'll blend it up and then we'll be good to go. Now, okay, this is a question that I'm a little bit jumping the gun towards just because first-time cookers are always thinking about this at the end. Yes, How do please. we go about, yes, cleaning super well? The pots? Yes, or just pots. The pots. If you have, I think my biggest trick is if you ever have something that's like you have just fucked up the pan, it's totally sticky, you're like, this is going to take an hour to scrub this off. Put the pan back onto the stovetop on a very, very low heat. Totally cool if there's soap in there. And then use a wooden spoon to scrape it off. As it heats back up, it's going to become like super easy to clean off. That's like an absolute lifesaver of a trick. Cool. I would do that. So question, yeah. how much yeah. do I put the, like, do you want me to keep some water in the pasta? Um, I want you to, yeah, just keep a tiny bit at the very bottom. Like pretty much strain the whole thing out because we're going to be using some of that pasta water. Okay, great. Now put it back in. Yeah, put it back into the pot. Cool. And then let me. Can I? Uh, how much liquid is in your pot with the butternut squash? Really, not that much, to be honest. It looks like it kind of is. Like, oh, perfect! Great. Okay, so let's let's kill that heat. That turn it off. Yep. Turn turn off the heat. Brilliant. And now, um, get out that handy dandy uh, cup measure that you had before. The 150 milliliters. Nice. 128. Yeah. 
Okay, fill that up. I wrote on the bottom so I know with the little thing. <laughs> well, you know that's a cup now. Yes, yes, yes. Perfect, perfect. So we're going to do a half cup because a cup would just like be so creamy, it'd be too much. So let's put in the coconut milk. We're going to put in a half cup into your measure. Okay, so half of a cup and of coconut. Stir it up, just look a little clumpy on the top because sometimes it'll do that. Yeah, so just get a little fork and just give it a little, mm-mm. Sarah, I feel bad about how messy my cooking station is right now. Dude, look at me. Okay, I feel slightly better. Okay. You, this is nothing, by the way. Like, literally, you should have seen the cleanup before we started this Zoom. So is the cleanup worth the cooking, in your opinion? It's a dumb question for a chef. Yes. <laughs> I know, I figured. Yeah, so a, ha- a half cup into the measure. We're going to measure that. Coconut cream, into the, we're going to fill that up halfway thereabouts. Gorgeous. Into the butternut squash situation. Okay. Perfect. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And now just give that a little bit of a stir. Now, when, now this is a question I usually have when I'm cooking. So what now, now that I'm stirring the butternut, uh, butternut squash with the coconut cream, yeah. do I put the, um, the pot itself back like on a new... Uh, Burner? Yes. No, no, you can just keep it right on. Yeah. But here's one thing that like sometimes cooking is like the most basic thing kind of like goes over people's head. Say you're cooking a steak or let's not go a steak. Like say like you're cooking or um, say you're cooking a steak. Say you're cooking your uh, vegan bacon, right? And you go to the bathroom, you come back and you're like, oh shit, it's burning. It's getting so hot. Move the damn pan to an off burner or turn off the fire. Like people are sometimes like, I don't know what the fuck to do. Move it away from the heat. Just move it away from the heat. Let it calm down for a sec and then return it. You know what I mean? Yes. Yes, understood. Think simply. So let's uh, take your uh, blender, kind of just take it off its base just for ease so you don't have to move that move that pan. Beautiful. Do you have um, any sort of like ladle? If not, it's totally fine. A ladle is like a thing with a little spoon at the end, right? It's like for like soups. I know what it is, but I don't have one. That's fine. I'm thinking of like the easiest way for you to get the butternut squash situation into the blender. So maybe let's just. Uh, well, I think it could fit. Oh yeah, yeah, totally. But like, can you just pour it in? I think Would so. that be easy? Cool. Yeah, do that. Yeah. Perfect. Wow. Nice. Amazing. So again, this is the butternut squash alfredo, and it really comes together in one little dish. I'm gonna catch up with you. Great. Um, maybe give that like a crack or two of salt. When you tasted butternut squash cube, did it feel like, was it lacking it? You clean it a little, a little dash. Yeah, give it a little dash. Yes. Amazing. And then we're going to blend that up. I want you to start on like a low setting and then move up to a high setting. And that's really just so you break up all the little bits at the bottom and then move forward from there. Okay. Now just the sweet potato, I mean, excuse me, just the squash. Totally. Not the pasta. Okay, once, where did I put that down? And the onions are gonna add something nice and sweet. The butternut squash is you know, inherently very sweet. Um, 
and we're going to blend this up and then we're going to add our nutritional yeast, which we were talking about before, the cheesiness, right? So we'll make it more of like a pasta situation. All right, blend that up. How's it looking? Is it looking like one like a consistent mix? Cool. Do you want it to be thinner or thicker? Does it look kind of like baby food or more like a thin? Let me see. I think it's looking pretty good. Maybe let's add less, like a little bit of, of the pasta water to that. Just to thin it out ever so slightly. Remember, like we're trying to replicate an Alfredo here, which is like really nice and thick and creamy, but also, yeah, perfect. Beautiful. Did the pasta fall in? It did. <laughs> That's fine. You're just going to have a thick sauce. Did all the pasta fall in? Almost all of it. Damn it. No, that's so fine. Just pour... I mean, it's going to go together eventually. So take the pasta and put it, put that whole mix into the pot. Oh, oh man. Hold on. Wait, hold on. What am I doing here? Sorry, Sarah. Take, uh, take that whole blender and just put it back into your pasta pot. Yep. Love. And, and scrape down to make sure all those little bits are accounted for. Yes. <laughs> Guys, this is literally crazy. I hope you're all watching this on Zoom right now. This is one of the harder things I've seriously ever done in my life. Like cooking on the surface, cooking on the surface looks hard. And let me tell you, it is hard. You know, I have like a lot of people like watching and stuff and listening and they're like, oh, I cook every night. The thing is, if I do cook, Sarah, like I'll cook with something simple pasta or I'll put seitan on like a pan. Stuff that's like very simple, you know? But here's the thing. I think that my, so back to your five-year plan question. Yeah. No fucking clue. But what I do want to continue doing is, yeah, awesome. Love it. It's just, it, it is, it does fuel me to, to teach people how to cook or just become more comfortable in the kitchen. I'm not trying to like teach people how to make every single thing in the, in the world, but, uh, and I, cause I don't know how to make every single thing in the world and I'm still learning all the time and I hope I will always be learning, but I do, it is really gratifying for me to teach people to just become more comfortable in the kitchen. You know what I mean? Like seriously, I have, I have learned at least five things just from this session. Boom, boom. And that's just a launching pad. Like, you know, you now generally know how to cut an onion. I'm sure you're going to cut it next time. You're like, yeah, Chloe, give me that onion. I can cut it, you know? A lot of, a lot of firsts on this episode here. I love that. Okay, so I'm pouring my sauce. Yeah. Into my pasta, which is what you've done so far. Yes. Now we're just going to toss this about. And I actually want you to put it back on the heat slightly. So just turn it on to like a one or a two, that pot, the pasta pot. Why is that? So we just put in uh, the sauce to the pasta. And if even when you do this with just like a canned uh, thing of marinara or whatever, you're making your pasta. Um, you want to put it over a little bit of heat so that the sauce and the pasta get married. Think about it that way. You're literally giving it like the extra oomph it needs to kind of bind it together. So you don't just have like your little strings noodles swimming around in sauce. You like have them, 
become one. You know, when you go to a, a pasta restaurant and you're like, dang, this sauce is just like clinging to the noodle and it's shiny and glossy. And that's a lot because of butter, but not always. It's because you're giving it, you're like forcing them to marry. So we put it on back on a little bit of heat. Yes. And this is what I want you to look like a true pro. Move your, if I, typically I would do this in like a pan with a handle, but move your salt, like your, figure it back and forth while whisking in a circular motion. Let me see if I can like, boom. I'm like going like this. I think right. mine needs a little bit more water then. Can I add more? Yes, please. And that's what the pasta water is for. Or just water. Yeah. Just a little, maybe like a, like a dash of that. A dash or two. Yeah, perfect. Love that. So we're, we're vigorously stirring, which is like forcing the sauce to cling to the pasta. And I probably put in a little bit too much sauce, but that's fine. Okay. Also, what you just made prior to this is butternut squash soup. When I put the... Uh... Just everything besides the pasta technically could totally pass through the butternut squash soup. Oh, cool. I, now I know. Right. And now we're going to add in that nutritional yeast. And I want you to taste it before we, um, before you add it. Because with anything, if it's new, cooking is a lot of muscle memory. You know what I mean? Like you're literally using all of your senses and your physical ability. So your brain will remember shit. And it'll remember if you just taste it plain before. Do you have a little? The, the yeast or the pasta? The yeast. And the pasta, but try, I'll try the yeast first. It's not great as is, but I want you to take it in. Yeasty. <laughs> it tastes weird, but okay. It's super weird. But you know this is great on top of two? What? Popcorn. It says that too. Really? I think that's actually like the number one suggestion. Oh, great, I'm popcorn. Totally <laughs> marketing it as that now. Yeah, really. It's fucking great on top of popcorn. By itself, not great. But we're going to add in, like, I'm going to sprinkle a fair amount, but feel free to just, you know, use your own discretion. It will taste more cheesy than you I'm probably putting in, like, two, three tablespoons. Woo-hoo-hoo. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. And then it's going to kind of disappear into the whole situation, but it's going to add this, like, very subtle cheesiness. Oh, my God. It looks so good. Ah. So by adding this little bit of heat, Again, we're just like binding it to each other and we're kind of just like forcing them to get along. I, this is honestly, Sarah, starting to look like a restaurant, potentially. I love it. I'm beyond excited. Wait, you're cleaning. You're making, should I be cleaning too? No, no, I just spilled. You're fine. And to be honest, I feel like the, the cleaning is post episode. Don't you guys worry. Post episode for sure. <laughs> like now... You will hopefully, and I can totally send you this recipe too so you have it in writing, but like you could totally invite a girl over and be like, I'm going to cook the one thing I know how to make. And that's totally fine. And then boom. I don't know. The thing is like, if, once, once I'm fully, like, what, okay, once I'm either fully comfortable cooking this dish or hopefully fully comfortable with a girl, I'll make yeah. something like this. But like, I usually just do very basic, you know? 
Well, like, I think that inviting someone over for dinner is like, is unbelievable. And if, if like I invited me over for a first date, or maybe not first date, a second date as that, I'd be like, that's pretty fucking impressive. I, you know what? I would love to do that. So I'll keep yeah. that in my mind that like, that Actually, could- uh, restaurants are closed in New York city, my guy. You're right. You're right. I can't believe that too. That fucking sucks. I know it, it really is crazy. To be honest, like, I guess, you know, we'll talk about not cooking for a second, but like, what are these people supposed to do? You know, like rent is still due. Mortgages are still due. But the restaurant act needs to be passed. So right. people can be on payroll until they can open back up again. I mean, it's, it is, I don't know the exact numbers, but it is like one of our top five industries in the entire world. Yeah. Straight up. How are we giving this money to fucking cruises and not something that's on every single corner in the entire United States? It's so twisted. It makes no sense. Right. Let's plate this up. Because we, we, we've done stuff. Yeah, we, we did it. That's it. Okay, grab your fanciest bowl. I think for myself, like, plating something up, just like, you've come so far, why would you not make it look pretty, too? Wait, okay, so I do have a bowl, but I also have a plate. You want me to bowl it or plate? Whatever you want. Well, what do you think will be fancier? Like, I think the plate's oh. probably fancier. If it's not like a huge plate. <laughs> yeah, that's perfect. Oh, at this plate that I have here, it says, might I suggest the most expensive wine and the most expensive dinner? <laughs> so you know, I like jokes. That's hilarious. I think this I will be like, perfect with this dish. It's perfect with it. You have to open up a nice bottle of wine <clears throat> after this. Or not. Uh, you know what? Or either way, you know, I do, since it's, since it's legal in LA and I don't mind talking about it, I am a bit of a pot guy. So we'll see. Hey, you're we'll, preaching to the choir, my, my guy. We'll see. <laughs> I said that twice okay. now. So, so <laughs> it's all good. So, okay. So how much should I put? Pot? No, no, no. How much, how much pasta do I put? Whatever you want. Like, what is your portion size? Let's see. I would, let me see if I can bring like that nice yeah so it's like i want to make it look like circular or usually clean around the edges right yeah yeah, we're gonna do that but do you have any tongs that's no that's totally fine but if you did if you did what i do is i kind of twist it in the pot like these and then it becomes this like cute little spiral oh right and then I can just kind of lay it down like that. And then I like twist a few times. And then I slowly release. Now, in terms of while I am going to be eating this, do I want to leave the uh, stove on like low? No, no, no. Yeah, you're going to want to turn that off for sure. Yeah, just pop that off. Definitely. <laughs> Wait, okay, so, a little wet paper towel okay yeah yeah all right so that's that's like one of the more exciting things like although i've never worked this year was actually the year that i wanted to get like at least uh, six months and under my belt of restaurant stuff obviously not going to be the case but i have worked on like massive catering teams where like you know we're doing like a 300 person benefit or whatever the fuck it is and we're in these like fancy garages in beverly hills or whatever and one time my job which was so much fun for like a full hour 
every single plate that went through the pass, which is like right before it goes out, I was, I had like this, I had two little fingers and I was literally just going like, it's so much fun. You have to be an adrenaline junkie for this job also. And you had, did you have to make like the same design on all of them? Well, here, like here's the plate. It's like, oh yeah, the same, absolutely. Like every single height of every single salad had to be like completely the same. Are you ready to see this? Boom. I wish, oh, we you know what? We forgot our fucking sage and that's totally fine. Well, I still got it for next time. Yeah. Sage is really floral. It's like very intense. So if you just cut it up really thinly or fry it. Should I not, but I'll leave it. I don't need it. Yeah. Do you have like, mm, like what can we garnish with? Maybe just put like a sprig of, of it on top, but don't eat it. Just, yeah. just for the show. Yeah. That's great. Oh, for the pick, for the IG? Yeah. 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 <laughs> okay. So, it's one of um sage, like smell it. It's super intense. Like you would not want to bite into it. Like you would basil or parsley or mint or whatever. It's like a, it's a, not a tender herb. It's a, it's a uh, floral herb. It's like used for like poultry and stuff. Do, when I you fry, just, do I just take the, the leaf or the whole branch? Find like the whole, well, actually that's a good question. Let me grab, I'll show you. You want to take the stem off ideally. Okay. Dry right. it. Um, it's really yummy because it's just fried. All right, so if I were to do this, we put on lay it right on top. Boom. Yeah, and you can really use your finger for that too because it's like just like snap it. Boom. Maybe if you crack. Boom. How many should I put, Sarah? Just one. Oh, he's wiping the plate. Unreal. Okay, so I have now. What did you just put on it? Pepper. I just put a few cracks of pepper, yeah, because I want to like kind of break up the color a little bit. Like I want like a little bit something popping. Yes, very profesh. You look like Salt Bay. Oh. So fun fact about Salt Bay. Never met him. Don't know his deal. Is it like a steakhouse or something? I don't know. Okay. Yeah. This is actually like. You should always salt your food and like season your food absolutely from a higher point. You're supposed to be like, like he has, he's doing it for a reason. This is obviously just for like for finesse, but you always want to be doing it from a higher position because you want it to be evenly dispersed. So think about it. If I'm like cranking salt, like right over this, it's just going to get on that one tiny spot. But if I crank salt from up here, especially on steak where you kind of want it to like just perfectly evenly go across. You do it from my point. Physics. So it like it spreads more like the higher it's coming in. Yeah, yeah. All right, let me grab a fork and we'll take our bite together. Oh my gosh, this is like this. Is, you, are you guys seeing this? Look what I did, Sarah. That's this is amazing. So and that's a great plate for it too. It looks like very like West Village Italian restaurant. Gorgeous. West Village, but in Chelsea. Seriously, if you guys want to come over and eat this stuff, fifty dollars a plate, pal. Okay, love. Let's finish by taking a little bite together. Boom. Some more ASMR, hopefully. Right. <laughs> Cheers. Is this good? Yeah, I'm ah! So good! That's <laughs> so good! This is amazing! Yeah, it's super good, right? And I have leftover too? Oh my god, yeah. It's actually fucking delicious. Is this your dinner, by the way, or are you just are you just being nice and having a bite? Um, it's five. 
Not my dinner. I actually made chicken. I have a chicken soup behind me that I made this morning. <laughs> Wild. Amazing. Ooh. Like, true chicken soup for Hanukkah or something. Sarah, this is amazing. Any other steps that I need to do? No. Did I finish this up and I did a good job? Thanks to you. But I would maybe like even put like a tiny bit of sprinkling of nutritional yeast on top too, just to like add a little bit of something, something. Like a little bit more cheesiness, but this is pretty freaking good as is. Oh my, Sarah, I literally, I don't think I, like, okay guys, literally coming into this episode, this is one of the, besides like one of the first episodes that we recorded, this is one of the most ner- m- most nervous I've ever been for an episode. Just because they want to fuck it up. But it's really fun, too. This is honestly so fun. And the cleanup I have to do is quite yeah. intense. But this is amazing. I always, you know, it's really fun to just like smoke a tiny bit and then clean up. Right. Okay. I'll, I'll, definitely, I'll definitely do that and take that note. My advice, try that out. <laughs> Sarah, this is, this is honestly the best thing I've ever oh. made. By far, and I appreciate you so much. So, so what's up, what's on tap for you for um, you know, we talked about five years. What's gonna be happening with you for the next three months during like this lockdown? Um, I'm working on finishing up the cookbook, which should be done by like December 20th, so right before Christmas, which is amazing. You can get it on my website, it's gonna be download um on spooningwithsarah.com. Um, same as my Instagram handle, easy peasy. Yes. Uh, and January, I'm hopefully going to be finding another family to be working for more consistently. And then as soon as we can get events back going, I really want to, you know, throw back those Spooning with Sarah events and just do as many as we can and just find cooler artists and keep, keep doing that. So if, let's say, somebody were to come to L.A. and they want to have you as their private chef for like an yeah. outdoor uh, dining sitch, totally. what's, the, what's the best way to reach you? Email spooning with uh, Sarah at spooningwithsarah.com. But it's it just email me through my um my Instagram. It's right there. Yeah, Amazing. but uh, yeah, I, I do one offs all the time. Like you know, if you want to have like even like a five person dinner party, I'm your girl. That's amazing, Sarah Frost. This is seriously the best thing I've ever had. I li- I cannot thank you enough for teaching me how to cook for a brief amount of time. And I'll remember this recipe recipe, and I'll remember your voice in my head telling me okay. what to do. Yeah. So you think that the move is from now on is it's dinner parties, no more restaurants. Listen, I really want the restaurants to come back. I think that they can both exist in the same space, but we really need those restaurants to come back. I think that just generally going forward, people are going to be like, whoa, entertaining at home is kind of so much more fun than eating out at like a 12 person dinner table. There's kind of nothing worse for me. You know, just entertaining at home is, is the best. Do you feel that, like, maybe, I mean, it could be, like, cost-effective, too? Like, you know, if you go to a fancy restaurant in New York, like a Daniel or something, it's going to be $60 a dish. At least. Daniel. You just threw, like, the, <laughs> just kind of like a $60 dish at Daniel. Um, is it Danielle or Daniel? I have no idea. I have no idea. But definitely 18th birthday at places. Freaking sick. Uh, yeah, it's definitely a great way to save money. I think that... You know, I think especially for people in their 20s, early 30s, like just learn how to cook one thing or like bring your friends or put your friends to work, invite five people over and just kind of give everyone a little task and then make a meal together. I think that's, there's nothing better in my mind than like a dinner party that goes on for six hours and just gets really super fun at someone's house. Like that's the best night for me. So Sarah, before um, I let you go and enjoy your evening, 
what do you think the best show would be for like, I guess a beginner cook like myself to check out on a Netflix or some platform? I mentioned binging with Badish, uh, Babish before. Um, he is incredible. He's all on YouTube. He is a home cook. I'm pretty sure that like kind of just gets into the nitty gritty. Um, bon Appetit's older videos before they got canceled are great. Um, they have a ton of basic recipes on there. Um, honestly, you can learn so much from freaking YouTube. It's literally insane. Like you can easily type in nearly any dish in the world into YouTube and someone will walk you through step by step. So it's just so accessible now. I think um, all the food shows on Netflix are unbelievable. I love the Great British Bake Off. I don't even like to bake, and that's just pure heaven for me. But do you, yeah. Do you think that, um, I guess the last question I'll ask you do you think that going to culinary school and being in the kitchen, I guess, every day is worth it now? Or is YouTube just as good? I'm the first year that I was like working in professional kitchens. Obviously, I was like, that's the clear next step, right? Especially because it's such a male-dominated industry. Typically, I'm like usually, you know, one or maybe one of two females on the team. Um, so, you know, in order to like earn your stripes, it's it's more now, like I used to ask people all the time, like, should I go to culinary school? And they were like, absolutely not. Like literally just keep keep working. Keep meeting new people that you are, are impressed by, that you like are like, holy shit, you're so good. I want to like learn from you. Um and just keep learning on the ground is, I mean, that's what I've done. I have no uh, plans on going to culinary school. I would love to cook abroad at some point in my life. Um, you know, just study somewhere uh, in a restaurant environment. But I think honestly, for as it is with most industries, just get your legs working. Like just yeah. get out there and just ask for help. Like people, you know, if you don't know something, like speak up and just ask a question. People love that, especially in this industry where it's like so much about you know, your heart. People love when you're like, how do you do this? Teach me this for five seconds. Um, so yeah, I mean, you know, there's YouTube, but also just like getting in there, like literally physically getting in there and just learning as much as you can. Yeah, totally. It seems that like you can do anything from Google and YouTube these days. Like, like I back in, in math class, they were like, you're not going to have a calculator. Like, dude, I literally have a calculator <laughs> in my pocket. No, but it is, it is true. Just like, you know, it's a 10,000 hour rule for something like this. Totally. It, it, cooking is a huge muscle memory thing. Like I was saying before, it's just, you just got to fail and figure it out. And just the main thing is just becoming more comfortable, you know? Yeah. Like you have to do with everything. The cooking <laughs> episode with Sarah, <laughs> professional chef. Sarah, thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate it. You have taught me, you have taught me so much today. And I, I honestly will maybe now think about inviting a girl over to make a full dish you can you know what you can do you can just have me on zoom in the background and it's a little <laughs> mic. yeah i'm gonna put i'm gonna put an ear pod in my ear just okay what do i do now what do i do now salt oh, now. Gosh, the salt amazing look how we did here oh nice beautiful sarah thank you so much and we will talk soon that was really amazing yeah thanks sarah bye we're good